Um, you can turn your Bibles to John chapter 20. It's always great to sing, uh, preach to a hungry crowd because they're always paying attention, waiting for that finally word. So they, they give great attention to detail. Um, okay, it's, it's good to be with you all this morning. Um, I have been up. I've already been at a service at 7 o'clock this morning. And at that service, I preached 10 minutes because they made me preach only 10 minutes because they did the last seven sayings of Jesus. But Pastor Hope did not put that on me. So praise the Lord this morning. We're going to dive in. I hope you are hungry for the word of God this morning. I pray that you are hungry for the word of God. Um, Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, grace, and mercy. Lord, I pray this morning that you will give us attentive hearts. Lord, that we are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Liberate our spirits this morning from the tiredness or the hungriness of the belly, Lord. Let us not uh, lose our focus on the gospel this morning because of uh, our hungry, uh, or because we're hungry or because we're tired. Uh, but, Lord, let us hear your words. Holy Spirit, move it on, miss. Liberate our ears, let us hear your words. Liberate our hearts, let us be attentive and affectionate towards your word. Liberate my lips, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The, you may stand with me. We're going to read John 20. Um, we're going to read verse... Let's just jump back into verse 11. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and see of two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the one and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had laid. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when, they, and when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she, Mary, she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, add a blessed degree of your word. This morning, if there's someone lost in our midst, Lord, pray that you would do what only you can do. No preacher can ever do. And that save us all. Let your word go forth with power, with clarity, with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. The title of our message this morning is Turning from the Grave. Turning from the Grave. 
In this text, we, we, we'll see two questions that we're going to jump into and look at. I believe it's the two great questions for our generation, for every generation. Um, Jesus posed this to Mary, and the angels posed to Mary, Why weepest thou? And whom seekest thou? Um, here, Mary is faced to the tomb. Her eyes is on the tomb. Her heart is fixed on the tomb. Uh, she's focused on the grave. She's focused on what I like to say, dead things. And here Jesus poses to her um, this, these two great questions. Why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And I, and I ask you, I, I say to myself, what makes us cry? What makes us depressed? What makes us miserable? Um, tells God and others a lot about us. Um, what makes us weep? Uh, weeping isn't evil. Don't hear me wrong this morning. Uh, blessed are they who mourn, um, for they shall be comforted. But what we weep about can be evil. Um, weeping isn't evil, but what we weep about can be evil. We see this in the Old Testament. Abnon, he was one of David's sons. He abused his sister, uh, his half-sister. Um, practically, he uh, molested his half-sister. And the Bible says he mourned after that because she did not fulfill his lust. Um, in, in the Old Testament, we see Ahab. He could not have Naboth um, a vineyard. So he came home weeping and mourning over that. Those are evil things to mourn about. Um, even Samuel was rebuked by God when he was mourning over Saul. And God's like, why are you still mourning about him? I've got a man. His name is David. Uh, so, so mourning is not evil of itself, but what we mourn about can be. Uh, and I tell you this morning, we live in a generation that weep about all the wrong things. Uh, people weep about, uh, they weep because they lost their drugs that they are addicted to. Uh, people weep about the drug that didn't get them as high as they wanted to. Uh, people weep about no one liking their Facebook posts. Uh, people weep about, um, they weep actually about work. Having to work, amen, somebody, right? Uh, they weep about working. They weep about, the other day me and my wife, we went to Arby's and this person was like, oh no, there's another car in the drive-thru. Like, this is how you get paid. But they weep about these things. I remember watching a TikTok video of these um, young people who worked at Starbucks that people would just keep coming, kept coming for their coffee, and she would just weep in the back. People weep around all the wrong things. They weep about the wrong things. They weep in the wrong way. Um, sadly, too many Christians weep about long sermons. Amen, somebody. Uh, depression is nothing new. Weeping mourning is nothing new, but what depressed many in our world uh, should be downright, is downright shameful. Um, what, what she's weeping about this morning, Mary, in this text, it is downright shameful. Why is it shameful? Because she's weeping about, her weeping is found in unbelief. Um, Jesus' death was a temporary thing. Um, she's weeping about death. She's weeping about uh, uh, something that's temporary, dead things. But Mary didn't believe that. 
She looked at the tomb. She looked at the situation as, this is permanent. And now I must find this dead body. Uh, this morning, that morning that she woke up on Resurrection Sunday, uh, she was everywhere. She woke up with anxiety about who's going to move the stone from the tomb. She came and found nobody, so she didn't hesitate. She didn't examine it. She ran to tell Peter and John. Then she comes back, and now she's anxious. Uh, she's anxious about who moved the body. She's so distraught, so upside down about this situation. She probably, uh, she, she couldn't even really understand. She's probably the first person in all the Bible that talks to an angel, and she's not moved with awe. She's not falling to the face, her face to the ground. She's not shocked. She literally talked to two angels in the tomb. And she doesn't even see it. She's so distraught. She's so everywhere. Like I am this morning. I've been running. I can understand. Waking up in the morning, she comes to the tomb. She's up early. She comes. She doesn't find what she wants. Then she got to leave there. She got to run here. This morning for me, been running here, running there, trying to get here on time. Anybody with five kids know what I'm saying? It, it, it's an upside-down world when you are up in the morning and you're seeking something, but you can't find it. She's distraught. She's not shocked by talking to an angel. She's so focused on seeking the body of Jesus that she doesn't even recognize she's talking to him. Now, I know in the New Testament that many times after the resurrection, Jesus shows himself differently to different times. People don't recognize him. I don't know if that's the case here or not. I just know she's so weeping. She's so crying. She's so distraught that even if she's, she's looking through tears, even if he looked the exact same way, I don't think she would recognize him. That, that, this is how it is for us when we are focused on all the wrong things. When we're focused on dead things, when we're focused on the temporary things, we won't even realize we're standing in front of a miracle. We won't even realize when the Lord is talking to us. We won't even hear it. We won't even see it. I ask you this morning, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou this morning? What are you seeking every day? What are you weeping about? What has you so depressed? I tell you, whatever that is, it's keeping you from turning from the grave. So let us focus now on our four points this morning. And I promise four. I just did four points in two minutes each. I don't think I'm going to do these in two minutes each, but we'll try. This brings us to our first point. We turn to his voice. When we turn from the grave, when we turn from seeking dead things, when we turn from depressing about dead things like money and fame and, and, and privilege and, and pleasure, we turn to his voice. Look at verse 16. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. And here we have to turn to God's voice. God did not ordain that his word comes through media. Media is not an evil thing, but he did not ordain it that way. He did not ordain his voice to come through movies. Movies are not evil, but that's not the way he ordained his, his voice to come into this world. Jesus has ordained 
his voice to come through this world into our hearts, into our minds by the hearing and preaching of the word of God. So there was a story of this preacher. He came to have dinner at one of his families, one of the families in his congregation. The woman of the house was very pleased to have the minister over in her home, wanted to impress him. She wanted the preacher to read something to the family after dinner. She asked one of her daughters, darling, please go and get the good book. Go and get the book we love. Go get the book we read every day. The girl came back and brought the Sears catalog. I tell you, we live a supplemental Christianity. You know why we, we, we in America, we need vitamins? We, we need vitamins because we eat so bad. We have to supplement what we're not getting through proper eating. In the dietary law that God, get, Moses, gave to the children of Israel, in their diet, they didn't need vitamins. Why? Because God gave them a perfect diet to live by. We in America, we eat really bad, so we need supplements. We need something to help us along. We need omega-3 vitamin because we don't eat enough fish during the week. Uh, we, we need something else to help us. I tell you, Christians, if you are living away from God's voice Monday through Saturday, if you're living uh, apart from his voice, if you're living towards the dead things of this world, you're going to need vitamins. And what are those spiritual vitamins? You're going to need TikTok. You're going to need that pastor on YouTube, that, pa that sermon jam. You're going to need that because you need supplements. Why? Because you lack some reading. Uh, you lack his voice. Your life is preeminent. I know those times in my life when I, when I need some supplement, when I need some good gospel music to play in the car because I didn't read my Bible well last night. So I need something else to bring my spirit up. I tell you, God's number one way of ministering to our heart is reading his word. You may say, I don't understand his Bible. I don't understand reading. Read till you understand. Um, uh, Proverbs says, wisdom is the principal thing. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So uh, we are to read till we understand. We are to turn to his voice. We need to live. Uh, yes, it's okay to, to listen to podcasts. It's okay to watch Jesus movies. I'm not here downing or degrading any of those things. But if your only spiritual high comes from podcasts or Jesus movies, you're in a bad place. You're living for dead things, so you need supplements. Judges is this. The whole book of Judges is this. Because the people of God had a low attendance, a low attentionness to God's word. And I tell you, Mary's attentiveness was so low, she couldn't hear the voice right before her face. But when she heard that voice, everything changed. And that leads to we turn to joy. When we turn from dead things, we first turn to his word, we turn to his voice, then we turn to joy. When Mary heard her joy, when she heard her name from his lips, Mary. It's a good thing when you read the Bible and you hear your own voice. You don't hear David's voice. You don't hear Samuel's voice. You don't hear so-and-so's voice. You don't say, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this. But when you hear God's word, you hear your voice. 
you hear God speaking to you. And when he heard Mary, oh, joy just started out of her. We, we see that she almost touched him. She wanted to grab hold of him. She came out of her shoes with the word Rabboni. See, she sees him now for who he is. Master, the great teacher of Israel. She sees him as she, he's the master that taught me everything. Oh, I mean, I just think to myself, like, master, why would she just use that word? That seems so, you know, there's so much else to say about him. She could have said Lord. She could have said God. She could have said Messiah. But she says master, meaning teacher. She heard her teacher. Rabboni. She no longer long, she, she no longer sees him as a mere gardener, but as the teacher of her soul, Rabboni. She no longer sees him as a potential thief, but as the great master of the grave, Rabboni. She no longer sees him through grief, but as the master of joy, Rabboni. What does your eye see this morning? Do you see the great teacher of your soul or a mere gardener of creation? Do you see him as Rabboni? The potential, do you see him right now as a potential thief of your joy? You're having fun in your sin. You're having fun in, in smoking and drinking and partying. Do you see Jesus as the one who's going to steal you, steal your dead things? Or do you see him as Rabboni? Do you hear his voice? Are you overcome with joy? To think that the master of all joy, the master of the grave, not the dead savior, but the master of all creation, the master who's taught you everything about yourself. Do you overjoy in your soul this morning that he rose from the grave? That he can talk to you. That he can speak directly to your heart. Turn to his voice. Don't depend on the supplements out there in Hollywood, but depend on his voice. David said, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is, is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Rabboni. Then we lead to, we turn to encouragement. Look at what Jesus says to her. So I won't try to spend any time making sense of the first part of 17, but let's read it. Jesus saith unto her, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. It'd be another 15 minutes to this sermon if I try to make, a, make sense or wrap my mind around, touch me not, uh, for I am not ascended. I don't understand it completely. I don't know if there's two, three different ascensions. Maybe this is the Psalm 24 ascension he has to take because he comes back down and says, touch my hand, touch my side. So we know something's going to change between this moment and the end of chapter 20 with Thomas. But here he has not 
ascended, I, I believe, maybe Psalm 24, where he walks to glory, where he gets with his father for that brief moment that he comes back. I don't, this may be the moment that he's about to lead captivity captive. That's another study for another time. What I want to look at is we turn to the encouragement. So here he says to her, this is the message he has for her to bring to the church. My father and your father. My God and your God. These words Jesus gives her, gave to her, it's it's truly remarkable. Remember, before he died, the, the last thing he knows, the last thing the disciples know, they all left him. They all abandoned him. They all could care less. They they don't even believe to the point to honor him by what Mary and the other women came to do, anointing his body. They are not concerned. They are fearful. They are frightful. And they threw Jesus to the wayside. But here, Jesus, he doesn't get angry. He's not angry. He's not telling them, go tell those bonehead brothers of mine that they left me in my hour of need. He didn't react like we would react when somebody makes a mistake against us when they do something that we don't like. He doesn't react like that. He tells them this great comfort. I go to my father and your father, my God and your God. Two encouragements here. First, the encouragement of our brotherhood. Uh, Jesus here says, tell my brethren. Uh, This is the first time he called them brethren, brothers. He's called them servants. Praise God, it's a great calling to be the servant of Jehovah. Uh, He called them friends. Praise God, it's good to be a friend of Jesus Christ. But here he says, brothers, brethren. Uh, You will find no greater calling than that of brotherhood to Jesus. This speaks of Hebrews 2.11. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them. Though they were ashamed of him, he wasn't ashamed of them. Though they disregarded him, dismissed him, he did not disregard them. He did not dismiss them. He looked at his church and said, my brother. We have the same father. I go to my father, and I go to your father. What a sweet, sweet encouragement to the spirit of those disciples to hear such words from the master's lips. Like Jacob's sons were surprised that Joseph was the ruler over Egypt. So I can only imagine their shock to hear that their brother is the ruler over death. Their brother. My brother, (laughs) if you're saved this morning, your brother is the ruler over death. Great encouragement here. This this ascension, it has to, I'm thinking more of Psalm 68, verse 18. Uh, No, I'm moving ahead of myself, excuse me. This is the great encouragement she was to give to the church. And I tell you, it's the great encouragement I give to you this morning, that Jesus is your brother. You may not have been unashamed of his gospel like you should have. You may have disregarded, and maybe you're not excited about Resurrection Sunday this morning like you are about Resurrection Food over there. But I tell you, nevertheless, 
He has come this morning. Jesus is here in our midst this morning to encourage your heart that you are his brother. And that's even to you ladies. I know that we live in a um, gender talking culture. But it's nothing greater. There's no other greater way to hear this from the Middle Eastern mindset and ears that we are all Jesus brothers. Because that's the greatest inheritance. It's the older brother that gets the great inheritance. He has put us, uh, us as his bride, as his people, as the children of God, as the sons of God, on his level, us rebellion people who have left him to die on the cross. He has put us co-equal, co-heirs. And that leads to the second encouragement, the encouragement of the bringing. Psalm 68, verse 18, thou has ascended on high. Thou has led captivity captive. Thou has received gifts for man. Yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. This is a psalm that's speaking of Jesus' ascension. Uh, his decision is equal, uh, uh, equals our advancement. Be encouraged this morning, child of God, that the death of Jesus brought you into, the God, into God's acceptance. The death of Christ brought you into God's acceptance. The resurrection of Jesus brought you into God's victory. And the ascension of Jesus brought you into God's power. My God and your God. Ephesians 2, 6 echoes this, and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are the sons of God because the son of God ascended on our behalf. And then lastly, that's the word everyone's been looking for. Lastly, this morning, we turn to his work. So we turn to, first we said, we turn to his voice. You want to turn from dead things, turn to his voice. The second, the second thing we turn to is joy. Once you turn to his voice, you will turn to joy. Thirdly, we turn to encouragement. In that voice, we will find great encouragement. And lastly, we turn to his work. In verse 17 and 18, Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Mary was not tasked with the Great Commission. But she was tasked with encouraging the church with the good news that he rose from the grave and he is going to their father and their God. She obeyed the beloved Savior. This, this scripture is not a, a um, in, I, I would say, encouragement for what people want to make of women pastors. This is not ordaining that. Paul would not contradict that. Scripture does not contradict this or contradict the command of Paul. But this is a command to everyone in the church to speak encouraging words to one another. He's telling her to go 
and encourage my brothers. She faithfully obeyed this command. I tell you, we will never get to work for the Lord as long as our faces are facing the grave. God has a work for all believers to do. I don't care what your spiritual gift is. I don't care what your ministry is. It should all be to the encouraging of the saints. That's what he says in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. He said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. All believers should have the same spiritual gift of encouragement. Uh, it was a father and his son were walking on the beach and the boy happened to notice all the starfish lying there. There were hundreds, hundreds and thousands of them that had been washed up on shore. Of course, they were dying, not being in the water. So they began throwing them back into the water. Soon the boy realized that they were, there were too, just too many. The boy then said, Daddy, there are so many starfish on, up on the beach. It doesn't matter that we are throwing back a few here and a few there. It doesn't matter because there's too many of them. His father said, it matters to the ones we pick up. It matters to the ones we pick up. Let the resurrection of Christ remind us to pick one another up. When we're in the doom, when we're in the gloom, when we're depressed, when one of us are focusing too much on the dead things, when one of us is backslidden, seeming like we're in a dead state, seeming like we're far from the resurrection, we're no longer living like Christ called us, we're no longer living like Christ saved us, no longer living like Christ resurrected us, let us look for those we can pick up. Encourage this morning one another with the word of God. On this beautiful Resurrection Sunday, I encourage you to turn from dead things and turn to the living Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, grace, and mercy. Help us, Lord, turn to your voice. More and more in our lives, run to your voice. Before we run to podcasts, run to your voice. Before we run to YouTube, Run to your voice. Before we run to movies or series or any other way that people are trying to pit who Jesus is, let us run to the Lagos, the word that became flesh. Let us run to your wonderful, beautiful book that has outlasted the naysayers, outlasted the atheists, outlasted the agnostics, outlasted. It has buried all unbelievers. This book will last beyond all of us, Lord, if you see fit. We'll be dead and gone. This book will carry on. This is the way you have ordained man to come to faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, Lord, let us turn to your voice. Turn to the joy that we find in your voice. Turn to the encouragement that we find in your voice. Turn to the work that your voice calls us to do. Let us this morning 
reminded that you resurrect. You bring the dead to life by your word. And we will praise you. Bless our fellowship now. Bless the food we're about to partake in. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.